Hear the word of the Lord this day, Matthew 21, 1 through 11. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead, go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt, its young donkey, beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, Your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. Now the two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession and the people all around him were shouting, praise God for the son of David, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord, praise God in highest heaven. That is the translation of Hosanna. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? They asked and the crowds replied, it's Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray, Lord, on this day of triumph, this day of victory, this day where we have the foreshadowing of the somber and miraculous events to come. Let our hearts be open to your guidance. Lord, Use this very fallible spokesperson and in some way bless the words that it may minister to our hearts. The word that you have given. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And please be seated. The King is coming. The King is coming. All of these songs of victory. The King is coming. Blessed be the name. Any of the upbeat songs. Hear the wondrous love of Jesus. Anything. That sort of. What was it Jim Hamill once said? If that song doesn't light your fire. Your wood's wet. That's the kind of thing that today we should be feeling. But there should also be that little bit of acknowledgement that this is not the moment of happily ever after yet. See, we wish we could live in that moment. I was asking Lori this morning, what are some good synonyms? Because I've got a bad problem. It's called seminary language. Because they gave me some words and they categorize everything and I'm going, how is that going to preach? So she helped me and we came up with this thing. In life, we tend to go between these times of happily ever after and everything falls apart. Right? 
And we even structure our celebrations around these two themes. I, I understand there's some here who are going to be having a wedding soon. Is, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. They're my, well, they're not here today, but they're, we usually have some with us that are about to have the child delivered soon. By the way, yesterday, any kids in here? Yesterday was awesome. The bunny rabbit, the Easter bunny came out and the kids were coming up and laying their heads against the bunny's tummy. And I kept thinking, I just hope that bunny's tummy kicks right then. That would be awesome. Awesome. Didn't happen, I guess it just fell apart. <laughs> but we all love those moments and in our wedding and in the birth, we, we love to, it's like those Facebook moments. <laughs> Lori and I have our wedding picture, I'm not going to inflict it upon you. Um, but I look at that and I go, oh, that was such a, a lovely moment for those two kids who knew nothing. <laughs> yeah. But it was. It was wonderful and glorious that we were saying everything's going to be awesome from now on, even though we knew that that's not how life was. But we were still going to have that happily ever after moments. And how many of you girls, ladies now, you think back when you were a girl and you were like, oh, on my wedding I'm going to do this and this and this. and th-. You know guys don't do that, right? We're just... I just hope I don't trip while I'm walking down the aisle. That's that's us. But oh, that's that wonderful, happily ever after, every bride is a princess moment. And I wish, I wish I could live on those moments and just have them. That there would be no difficulty coming tomorrow. That when you go to China and you receive we were having our things fall apart moment while everyone else was having their happily ever after. But it didn't really fall apart because God is still good and still works. Now, see, here's the thing. Jesus had told His followers that in their view, things might be falling apart. But do you notice no one's talking about that here? Well, maybe he was wrong. Peter was even saying, oh, this is not going to happen to you, Jesus. Talk about that good Jewish word, chutzpah. Oh, no, this is not going to happen to you, Lord. But sometimes, I don't know, you have had that moment where everything was just amazing and then all of a sudden it was like the rug was pulled out from under you, right? Uh, How many of you watched the Oscars this year? No one? One? You didn't even watch them. My son watched the Oscars. Guess what? My son is the biggest La La Land fan you're going to find. Okay? I think the quote about La La Land is, winner of six, no, five Oscars. If you don't know what happened, uh, Mr. Beatty up there had opened the envelope and they had accidentally left in the on uh, the card from the previous winner, which was a person from La La Land, but it was actually, oh goodness, I've already forgotten the other one, but it was a different film that won. So La La Land said, oh, we got Best Picture, and they all come up. At the meantime, the people from the committee that decided are rushing up there, uh, 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 Keystone Cops moment, 
And one of them's like, I think he's the one down front in the lower picture. Now, this isn't a joke. Uh, Moonlight actually won. Can you imagine being the La La Land people? Oh, we got best picture. Wait a minute. I decided to go with the Oscars instead of the Super Bowl this year. I thought it would be less dramatic. Let me ask you a little more seriously, though. Have you ever struggled under the weight of what might have been? See, this is not something that we can't relate to. This is in our wheelhouse as human beings. Seeking the happily after, ever after, but knowing that everything falls apart might be hiding right around the corner. But here's the thing. There is something that is even better than that. If you have, oh, the happily ever after has just fallen apart, but aren't the best stories how after everything fell apart, there was this unexpected, not even dared hope for victory at the end. Here's the thing. Sometimes we oversimplify the story of Jesus is the greatest story ever told, but it is not the simplest, and at times it is not the easiest because you have these kingdoms that are conflicting. The kingdom of the authority of this world and the way fallen humanity has chosen to do things versus the kingdom of God, and these two are in conflict. As a matter of fact, it's not made an issue in the Scripture. We have to go back and look historically. But at the time Jesus was entering by the eastern gate, on that picture there's the number 21. That's circled for the place I got it from, for the eastern gate of Jerusalem. Jesus coming into the eastern gate, this uproar in Jerusalem, but at the western end of Jerusalem, there was another entry, Pontius Pilate, the governor of the area, uh, the Roman proconsul, was entering. So at the same time you have entering into Jerusalem, the represented kingdoms of the world and the kingdom of God into this pivotal city. On the western side, with Pilate, I imagine this very easily because we've all seen political parades, yes. The people who were there honoring him were the ones who maybe didn't like him that much. But they knew they needed to be there. Don't you love politics? No? They were the powerful one, the ones who said, we need to be seen. Maybe Pilate will see us and know of our supporter. Maybe he'll see us and know we're holding him accountable. These were the ones of influence. And these were probably the ones who would later be saying of Jesus, crucify him, crucify him. As Pilate is entering into Jerusalem, demonstrating strength through military power, stallions and soldiers, the mighty Roman Empire. While on the eastern gate, a man comes in riding on 
a very young donkey. He is welcomed by the powerless, those who often do not have a voice. And as a matter of fact, if you remember the expanded story, they're crying out and one of the religious leaders who happened to be there basically went, can't you get them to hush? Let's unpack that a little. Quiet them down. Jerusalem's in an uproar. They're supposed to be welcoming Pilate and here. All of this is going on over here. He knows there's a ruckus. <coughs> Quieten them down. And Jesus says, well, if they're not crying out, the stones will. Which is basically saying, yes, they are who, they are saying who I really am. They were welcoming a man who was proclaiming a different kind of strength. Victory, yes. But victory through humility and peace and healing. So the question then becomes, for Jerusalem, which vision would triumph? Can I just make a little, I guess I'll call it a sidebar here. You ever felt powerless? Oh, are you feeling powerless now when you turn on the news and wonder, do I still have a voice? <laughs> really? Mm. Feelings of powerlessness tend to lead to anger because it's one of the worst things, feeling like you are out of control, and even more so that you don't have a voice. I can, I can pull up a secular authority to this. Maybe you will recognize from whence this comes. Mm, hold on. Got to get the glasses. Governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evidences a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government. Anybody want to take a crack at naming that document? The Declaration of Independence. Ah. Remember when it, oh, you, yeah. Remember, what was it? The Tea Party, the taxation without representation. What does that mean? Oh, you don't have a voice. You're not being listened to. They're not taking you into account. You have no control, no authority, no power. Now, by the way, I, not in any way taking a crack against the Declaration of Independence or our history, but that is just the thing, that what happens over and over, it seems, is a people feel that they are not being listened to. They rise up, they find their voice, and then inevitably another group feels like they are not being listened to. I don't know if you... Okay. Anyone here ever watched CSI Miami? Anybody here ever listened to The Who? It's the same people. That's interesting. 
that won't get fooled again song that they always started with. It's, it's sort of been called the frustrated revolutionary song because it's talking about the revolution happening and everything being changed. It's a wonderful 60s, 70s radical song. But at the end of it, what's that phrase? Meet the new boss. Same as the old boss. Well, you need to get educated. This is important. Here's the thing. I mean, even we can understand the culture wars in this. I mean, each side views itself as being oppressed. Correct? And has examples to show. That's the world cycle. The people who were once powerless come into power and then another group feels like they have no voice. So then there is another changing of the guard and things happen over and over. If the guard successfully changes, fine. If not, the people who say we have no voice are silenced in a more violent manner. This is how the kingdom of the world operates, unfortunately. But there was a week that changed the world. A week wherein happily ever after yielded inevitably to everything falls apart. Yet there was someone who broke this cycle by embracing the suffering and the supposed defeat as the path to a true and miraculous Victory, showing that the first would be last, the last would be first. 